Well, hey, everybody. Great to see you. Thank you so much for being here at New Life. I appreciate very much your desire to be a part of a worship service and communion celebration with other believers. I'm just thrilled that you're here. If you're a guest, welcome. New Life is the place where believers get together and honor God and worship God in unique ways and then celebrate those things he's asked us to do like communion where we get to remember what he's done for us and so this is communion and what you might not know if you're sitting here in Plymouth and especially if you're a guest did you know we're one church but we meet in four locations did you know that this is an amazing deal and uh, at Northridge uh, Two of our campuses now, other than Plymouth, have their own setting and site and all of that, and so we're able to stream live. And so I want to welcome Northridge Brighton. We're so thrilled that you're gathered for communion, and Northridge Gross Eel, so glad that you're gathered. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us, and we really, really appreciate it. And then uh, we have Northridge Celine, uh, just as valuable a part of Northridge, just as big a part of our mission. We're excited about you, and uh, you gather here with us at Plymouth until uh, such time as God opens up an avenue where we can have, you know, streaming and all that stuff. Um, I don't know why Celine won't put great internet in their middle school just for us. I just don't understand it, but right now that's the way it is. But I'm so glad that you're here. I I have to tell you, New Life is really one of my favorite times with Northridge family. It's where we get to come together as believers and uh, though we're always engaged missionally, we're always open to wake the world up to Jesus and in fact those of us who are believers sometimes need to be woken back up to Jesus. Um, this is just a time when we can come and encourage each other and, and go a little bit further with one another and those kind of things and so I, I'm glad that you're here and it's, it's sporadic because you can't do it the same Wednesday night every month and it's harder to schedule, but I, I just think it should be a big enough priority in our lives to do the work necessary to find it. I hope that you'll start inviting people in, would you? Start inviting people to new life and let's kind of move it forward that way. All right, what do we want to do is I, I, I have to give you a weird introduction um, to this communion. I, uh, you, I don't know if you know this, it's November, next week is Thanksgiving, right? And growing up, it was like you could always count on it in the church calendar, the liturgical calendar and all that stuff, you know, you got to November and the talk or the homily or whatever they called it in a religious setting that you might have been exposed to was always on Thanksgiving and gratitude. And I'm going to tell you, it bored me to tears. And I just thought it was like how typical and how cliche. And so I've kind of avoided the whole idea of talking about thanksgiving and gratitude and appreciation. But not just on, on Thanksgiving times. I've kind of not done a lot of teaching on those subjects in all of my ministry. I've kind of avoided it. To me, it just, I don't know, it just had a disconnect for me. It always seemed to be just a little bit uh, trite and trivial and fluffy. It, it seemed to me to be more about like positive mental attitude than, than having the mind of Christ. In fact, I just felt like to teach on gratitude and appreciation, uh, you could get that in, in a Dale Carnegie course on how to win friends and influence people kind of a deal. That's, that's marketplace stuff and it's the way to get people to do what you want and yada, yada, yada. And so I just kind of avoid it. But the longer I pursue my relationship with Christ and the the more I pour myself into God's Word objectively, and by that, not 
trying to see it through the lens I already view the world through, but see it for what God really wants to open my eyes to. The more I realize that, that this idea of gratitude and appreciation is an issue of basic theology. It's basic theology. It's one of the fundamentals of the faith. It's, it's, it's really where we should be living. In fact, I think one of the reasons so few of us in this world are experiencing deeper relationships with God, uh, deeper relationships with others, all boils down to this failure that I've certainly incorporated into my life, this failure to understand the depth and significance of the issue of gratitude and appreciation and to actually live out God's Word in application in the way we express appreciation. I, I just believe we're missing a lot. And so if I was sitting where you are and a guy like me gets up on the platform around Thanksgiving time and says, we're going to talk about appreciation, the great value add, I'd go, you know it was raining when I came to church tonight, right? Can't you give me something worth coming for? I, I just really want to encourage you to know this. I believe this goes to the root issue that many of us are missing in our lives. And I, I'll show you. In Philippians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle writes to the church in Philippi, and I'll just read the first eight verses. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this sentence, I thank my God every time I remember you. Now you have to remember, this is, yeah, this is a, an opening prologue to a book. Yes, this is a, an entrance into their lives and communicating to their lives. But this is the inspired Word of God. And God inspired Paul, not just here, but time and time and time again in almost every letter he wrote to talk about how grateful he was for these people to express appreciation from the depth of his heart. And here Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And then he says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because, and this is why he's thankful, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I mean, you have shared with me in this this quest we have of sharing Christ with the world. And then he says, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And he says, it's right for me to feel this way about you, to be thankful for you, since I have you in my heart. I mean, when you, I, mean I love you so much, of course I'm grateful for you. And then he says, for whether I am in chains he was in prison a lot, in stocks, and, or, or on the mountaintop, defending and confirming the good news. All of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. He said, I thank my God every time I remember you. Just before I try to kind of have a conversation about this that will lead to communion, would you pray with me? God, I just thank you for your word, and I I thank you that no matter how long we pour ourselves into it, it has the ability to open in deeper and deeper and more profound ways that can transform us. And I pray that would happen with this issue that sounds so superficial but is so significant, this issue of appreciation. Help us to get it, God, and apply it in Jesus' name.
Amen. Here's the kind of the truth I want to give you off of this, and then we'll try and dig around it a little bit. Appreciation. Appreciation is the great value add for our relationships. I mean, we're all looking for an advantage in our relationships. We're always looking for how can I have a better relationship or relationships? How can I be more significant? How can I go further with it? How can it become more intimate and more enduring? And all the things we look for. And we go to the how-to section in, in bookstores and, you know, and where I, how can I do my relationship thing? And I'm telling you very often, we're looking for all the new stuff, but we're missing the profound basic stuff. And, and appreciation's that deal. And it's not just personally. This isn't just, you know, marriage and parenting and friendship. This is, this is spiritual. Because appreciation is the great value add in our relationship with God as well as our relationship with others. In fact, I, I want to say it this way. Expressing gratitude and genuine appreciation literally transforms our relationship. It transforms our relationship with God, and it transforms our relationships with others. I mean, literally, when we ex have and then express genuine appreciation, it, it strengthens our relationships. It, it grows our relationships. It deepens our relationships, and it, it fuels our relationship in a way that lasts. I don't know. Have you ever noticed sometimes that your relationships start out with a full tank of gas? And then along the way, you start sputtering and you find yourself on the edge of the road not going anywhere. I mean, have you ever done this? And it's like, I, I mean, how many of us have burnt through multiple relationships? And I'm not talking about, so you can be married to one person for 50 years, but still have a, a collateral damage in all the other relationships of your lives. And, and sometimes we do it in the most intimate relationships of our lives and struggling with our kids and stuff. I mean, I, when my kids were born, my tank was full. At three in the morning after three months, my tank was empty. And so, I mean, what fuels an ongoing, deep, thriving, dynamic relationship? It's, it's the contemplation of what you have to be grateful for and then the expression of appreciation. I, I find it especially in spiritual things. I find that many people are full up with fuel when they first enter a relationship with God. But I haven't seen many, and remember, I'm 25 years as a senior pastor of this church. I'm, I'm almost, I'm over 30 years as a senior pastor of a church, and, and I have been on this journey of faith for some 40 years, and I can't tell you how few people end as motivated with loving God as they began. And I really believe appreciation is part of it. See, when I came to faith, I was so broken and so messed up that, that someone could actually redeem me and restore me and repair me was so incomprehensible that it just fueled my every thought and every choice. I wanted, I thanked him and I thanked him and I thanked him. But, you know, after four decades... I'm pretty far away from the brokenness and the crisis and the pain of all those bad choices. And it's so easy to get just as far away from gratitude. And so we find ourselves sputtering in our relationship with God. It becomes more ritual and rote and, and, and duty and responsibility than intimacy and joy and thriving. Thing. And I bet as we enter communion tonight, some of you have a relationship with God that's fairly stagnant rather than dynamic, and I think that 
this issue of appreciation can be a big part of it. I mean, look at, look, look at what Paul said, talking about our horizontal earthly relationships in Ephesians 4.29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Let the only thing that comes out of your mouth be that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. <laughs> Does that describe your marriage right there? Don't let anything come out of your mouth except that which is going to be helpful for building others up. But it doesn't stop there. If it did, we would have still failed. But it says, don't let junk come out of your mouth. The only thing that should come out of your mouth should be the stuff that's helpful in building the other up according to what? Their needs. Ho! Every argument I've ever had with Roxanne had nothing about building her up to meet her needs. It had everything to do with me winning. And I've won a lot, which means, if you've ever been married, I've lost a lot. But it's wrong. Win or lose, it's wrong. If it works, it's still wrong. Because it's my... I, I'm supposed to utter words that literally build others up according to their needs, which means I need to consider their needs, care about their needs, look past my needs to their needs, and intentionally, strategically seek to speak into their needs to build them up. And you know what one of the primary ways we can do that is? God's told us appreciation. Because when you express appreciation, you're acknowledging gratitude for them. It's a big deal. Now, I, 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 I like it to be theological. I like it to be rooted in Bible. And so I, what I want to do is I want to extract from Paul some examples of what we should be thankful for in others and God and what we should express appreciation for that will fuel us and strengthen us and grow us. Is that fair enough? And so it's just going to be straight out of the Bible. The first comes out of the passage I already read, Philippians 1. We should, be, we should express appreciation for people's loyalty, for their loyalty. And you know, really, we are, we're pretty much in the moment as human beings. And so it's like, what have you done for me lately? Have you heard that kind of thing? And so uh, we, we, we get after each other when we fail each other, but we don't thank each other for all the times we've loyally not hurt each other or failed each other. Loyalty. Look at Paul says in Philippians 1, I thank my God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel, and this is with the loyalty, you, you've partnered with me, you've shared my ministry and life and leadership with me from the first day until now. From the first day until now, you've been loyal. And it's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains, when I'm seemingly failing, when I'm in prison and locked away, or defending and confirming the gospel on the mountaintop of, of success in my ministry, you, you share in God's grace with me. He's saying, I'm so thankful every time I remember you because you're loyal. And you know what loyalty is, right? It's faithfulness. You know that. It's faithfulness. Not based upon circumstances. It's kind of the fulfillment of in, in sickness or in health and riches or poor. You know, it's like, I'm going to be loyal. And there have been a lot of people who have been loyal to us that we look past because we're looking for something sensational. And it's ridiculous. Uh, loyalty is about faithfulness in supporting someone, faithfulness in, 
in even responding to someone. He said, I I'm so thankful that, that you've actually received from me. You've received from me. They kept growing because of his investment in them. And you know one of the greatest acts of loyalty? I, I, serious, seriously, my wife will come home, or one of my kids will come home, and they've been in a relationship for, with me for years, obviously, and, and they'll say, you know, when you said this in this talk, it was so impacting to me, and they'll talk about what you know, God's doing in their life and how they're going to apply it. Do you know how meaningful it is to me to have people that close to me who's always, who've always been with me who still let me speak into the core of their being as a spiritual teacher, that's loyalty, man. And that's what he's saying to them. And he's saying, and you've kept investing in me when everybody else has quit, and you've, you've kept believing in me even when I've been thrown in prison. And, and, you know, the reality is the time we need loyalty most is when we're at our lowest, and that's usually the time people pull out from us. And when you have someone that's been loyal to you, that's worthy of appreciation, of notice. And the longer I've had the privilege of, of being the pastor here at, at Northridge, the more I understand how profound the gift of loyalty really is. It's a profound gift. And the longer I'm the pastor here at Northridge, the more I understand how limited this gift is in supply. There aren't many people who are loyal for a lifetime. There just aren't. And so I just, I just have to say it. I have to speak it. I am so grateful for those of you in this church family who, not just in the good times or the beginning times when it's natural to have a full tank, have been loyal to this church ministry and have kept growing, not because it's perfect or I have demonstrated perfection, but because you're just, you believe in it. And in good times and in bad, you've been loyal. That is a profound gift. And if you're a guest here, you need to know one of the things that makes Northridge so great is the character and quality of faithfulness of the people who attend here. It's an amazing gig. And it's a, it's a great gift. So when we have people in our life who are loyal, I think we need to be grateful and ex express it. I, I bet you you can think of someone right now who's been unbelievably faithful and loyal to you that you haven't expressed appreciation towards in a long time. It might be time. This is biblical. And by the way, you know what happens in you when you express appreciation? This is why it's a deep deal. I, I also, we should express, you know, uh, appreciation for their love. Uh, Paul said to Philemon, uh, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement. And he's simply expressing appreciation for the fact that this guy loved him, you know, and showed it. And I, I just want you to know the same is true with God. We've talked about loyalty and love. And did you know, if you're going to really have a deepening and growing relationship with God, you, you, you need to express appreciation for, recognize and express appreciation for God's love and loyalty to you. I, I, think, about, I think about Jeremiah in his great lament in the Bible. Jeremiah was a prophet, and unlike many prophets, his ministry was an absolute abject failure. I mean, no one ever listened. No, he effected no change. He was always being tormented and persecuted. It was horrible. And he had this great lament he wrote in a book we call Lamentations. But he stayed encouraged, and he stayed invested in God. And, and here's why, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. For his love never fails. His compassions are new every morning. 
And then he says these four words that become the basic of, basis of a great hymn that many of us know. Great is your faithfulness. You, you, you know what kept this guy in the game? You know what kept him going forward and growing and dynamic even though his world caved in around him? Even though his ministry seemed to be such a failure? He never lost gratitude for God's love and loyalty to him, faithfulness, and, and he expressed it. When was the last time you said, God... I don't like much that's going on in life. I don't really like where I'm at or what's happened or what people have done to me. I, but, but this, I'm so grateful for. Your love is always real for me, and great is your faithfulness. You don't think that'll strengthen your relationship with God? I, I kind of believe that's the point of communion, to remember. I, we, we need to express appreciation for differences. This is a hard one. Do you know what irritates me about people I'm really close to? Their differences. Do you know what's weird about people? As much as I'm right, they think differently. You know, that, it's like, it's weird. I mean, I'll have it all figured out, I'll be all logical, and they'll, they'll have something else totally figured out, and they're, they're just so wrong. They, I can't, you know, it's like, it's antithetical. We're all different. And at, when you're close, far away, differences are cool. But when you're up close, differences are difficult. Like if you're a saver and you're married to a spender, that's funny in a sitcom. It's not in life and marriage, right? <laughs> Difficulty. But did you know it's our differences that make us excel? Did you know that I have a couple of strengths and a lot of weaknesses, and the wonderful thing is because people are different than me, I can have people in my life who mitigate my weaknesses because they're strong, they're different where I'm weak. It's true in marriage. I, I wouldn't be nearly as organized as an individual without my wife. My wife, I mean, she's packing lists central. I mean, serious business. I mean, she, she has a packing list for what you need to take if you're going to run to pick up something at CVS. I mean, this is organized. And she wants to be thinking about trips way ahead of time and all this, but I can't, and I'm always fighting it. Oh my gosh, just good night. There's three in the morning the night before. What is your problem? That kind of thing. But whenever we're a long way away, I'll find myself using something that we would have never had had we not had a packing list. And because I'm married to Roxanne, my precious wife, she says, by the way, are you enjoying using that right now? <laughs> Our differences balance us out and make us better. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about how, you can read it on your own, about how, you know, a body's made up of different parts and that's what brings its strength. And, and I think that we would do a lot better in our relationships if when we were feeling irritated because of someone's differences, we started contemplating the great benefit those differences bring into our lives and be grateful and express it. And I'm being very serious. Almost the only time that we by nature talk about another person's differences is when we are upset because of the tension it creates in our life. Whereas what we should do is we should be expressing appreciation for what they bring to us because of that difference. It changes everything. I mean, I think it changes, could change the workplace, it could change uh, churches, it could change community, it could change families. I, I, Paul tells us that we should be grateful and express appreciation for people's effort. 
just for their effort. You can read 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 3 on your own. I'll just, without you turning to it, just read it. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. And here's why we're thankful. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love. It doesn't say your success, your perfectionism, how you brought that project in for a landing, all oh, the great profit you made for a company. He says, we're just grateful for the work you did because you have enough faith to believe and for the labor you invested in. Doesn't say anything about the consequence of it. And you know what Paul's doing? He's saying, I'm just so grateful for your effort. Do you know how much more appreciative we'd be if we were grateful for someone's effort? When was the last time your boss came in and said, I'm just thankful for the effort? Here's a bonus. Doesn't happen. You know what? We're, we're thankful for when they make us profit, they finish a project, when they do something uh, above and beyond. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but, but we should be grateful that there are people willing to invest an effort in our great adventures of life, whether personal or professional. Now, I have found all these things are true, but I have found that I can feel grateful and want to express appreciation and do it all wrong. Have you ever found this? I, I'm almost perfect at bad timing when it comes to expressing appreciation. I'm, uh, it's, and when you express appreciation in the wrong way or in the wrong time, it's going to be worse than never trying at all. Like I'm usually, you know, it's when Roxanne's really mad at me and I've done something really bad that I think, oh, you know, I should be grateful for this, you know, and it doesn't go over well. And so, how, how do we express appreciation appropriately? Well, God's Word tells us, and I, I just threw out these methods, and they're biblical. If you're going to express appreciation in a way that deepens you and deepens the other and, and deepens the relationship, it's got to be sincere. You know, when you go to a self-help seminar and they teach you to be grateful, you know, they don't care if it's genuine or not. They just say if you do it, it will manipulate the right consequence that you want, how to win friends and influence people. And um, it just doesn't work unless you're sincere. I read a quote a long time ago that stuck with me. Some people only pat you on the back to get you to cough something up. Have you ever heard that? That's brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant. It's brilliant because I didn't think of it. Uh, but anyway, it's like, you need to be genuine. Romans 12, 9, love must be sincere. Love must be sincere. You've got to be sincere. I'll never forget, there wasn't a lot to appreciate about me in my early days of being a pastor here in this church. I came, people were really upset with me for a lot of reasons. Um, one, I, I was changing everything in the ministry. It had been going in decline. I was doing a lot of change, and people don't like change so much. And, and number two, I wasn't that skilled as a leader yet. I was quite young, and I wasn't that skilled as a teacher yet. And, and, and so, you know, even if I was sincere, it was coming across wrong at times, and there was a lot of upsetness. But there was this one precious lady that wanted to encourage me anyway. And she was wanting to be honest, and she was trying to be sincere. And I'll never forget, I gave a talk. I don't know what it was on or if it was any good or not. But after the talk, she wanted to encourage me. She knew things weren't going well. And, and she came up to me and she says, Pastor, and I said, yeah. And she goes... I just want you to know, and she was, it was so sincere. It was an expression of appreciation. It was so sincere. Um, I just want you to know that when you grow up, I think you're going to be a great preacher. <laughs> 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 I 
I mean, she had to work hard for that sincere uh, affirmation and appreciation. But anyway, you, you get the point sincerely. Uh, also, if you're going to express appreciation appropriately, you have to do it at the right time, at the right time. I love Proverbs 25:11. a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. I mean, aptly spoken, at the right time in the right way. If you're going to express appreciation properly, you need to do it consistently. I, you know, the, the normal thing would be after a talk like this, oh, I'm going to be expressing appreciation, and, you know, tomorrow three people, the next day one person, next week no one. We have to be consistent, consistent. 2 Thessalonians 1.3, we ought always to give thank God, to thank God for you. We ought to always thank God for you, he said. So as we move into communion, I just have two questions for you. The first question is this. Have you been appropriately expressing appreciation to the people in your life? I mean, personally, professionally, intimately. Have you been expressing appreciation, really, for their loyalty, for their love for their differences, for their effort. You know, very often we condemn, kids condemn their parents because their parents made mistakes. But you know, their parents could have had a lot easier life if they had just never even bothered with the kids. And so they made a lot of mistakes and said, but shouldn't we be thankful for the effort? Same thing with parents to kids and employers to employees and employees to employers. I mean, look, none of us are perfect. But if someone's really making an effort, shouldn't that be cause for appreciation? I mean, sure it should. And I think we have people in our life that could do that. And, and can I tell you how spiritual this is? I'm going to read you what Jesus said about worship. We're, we're going into communion, and we're going to continue worshiping, and we're going to be worshiping God and opening our life to God and doing all this stuff that feels spiritual. But you know, God says, before you can really do that, you have to make sure your human relationships are right. In Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24, Jesus says, if you're offering your gift at the altar, you're coming to worship God and open up and sing songs, ooh, you know, give your gift at the altar. But there you remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. And I actually believe sometimes they don't even know it, but we wrong people by not building them up according to their need, not, a, not expressing gratitude and appreciation in their life. And I believe there are some people who desperately need to hear words of affirmation and appreciation from us. And I believe we need to desperately share them. And so... Before we go to God I, uh, in communion, I think it would be good if we did that. And so I'm going to ask you to go get in your cars. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? And I'm being very serious. We're going to take a minute or two in the service to do this. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? Because I think almost every one of us has one of these. Do you have, a, do you have a, an iPhone or some other piece of junk? Do you have one of those? I'm going to encourage you the next minute or two, take it out and text someone an expression of appreciation. Make it sincere, don't, you know, don't fudge. But uh, would you just do that? I'm gonna do it right now. And I'm gonna encourage you to do it. And then we'll be ready to go to God.
if you're still texting, go ahead and continue doing that. But um, I, I want to move to the question that really moves us into communion. That has cleared the way for us to have the heart that's kind of purified and cleaned up and sincere a bit so that we can move in an upward glance. And, and I, I just, I have to ask you this, and I, I'm going to be really honest. I, I, I talk to God quite a bit, and I invest in a lot of thinking and meditating on, on God's Word and God's truth, but I, I, I know that I don't express appreciation to Him enough. Because, you know, there's not one thing in my life that has any kind of true sustaining value that does not come from Him reaching out and redeeming me. And yet I can go days and weeks and sometimes months without a genuine expression of gratitude for that. I'm often more thankful for small stuff than I am that profound stuff, aren't you? Oh, thank you, God, for this sunny day. I said that once in Michigan last year. It was amazing. <laughs> but not, I am so profoundly grateful that you love me. I mean, it's just big. Ephesians 5.20 says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just believe there's so much profound gratitude that we should be contemplating for God's love towards us and so much profound expression of appreciation that we're giving to Him. I mean, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are so great. I am so appreciative of what you are. You know, and, and on and on and on it goes. And I just, we're going to sing a worship song in preparation for communion. And I want to encourage you because we're going to pass out the elements during this. And for those of you at Northridge Grove Seal and for those of you at Northridge Brighton right now, Celine's with us. So um, I just, I really want to encourage you. When the elements are done being passed and you're seated, let the music flow over you and let your thoughts contemplate God's goodness and make expressions of gratitude to God in preparation for receiving the bread, which is a symbol of his body, and the juice, which is a symbol of his blood, which is the redemptive power of Jesus in our life. Let's just be gratefully worshiping him. And I hope that you'll do the same thing here at Plymouth. Communion is a celebration of what God's done for us and in us. And if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've never confessed your sin and repented of them and turned in faith and trust to Jesus, then the, the communion isn't uh, something for you it, because that's receiving Jesus in you which then cleanses you and redeems you and the body and the, 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 the bread and the juice is a reminder of the fact that He's redeemed you and restored you. So if you've not come to faith, don't take communion. I mean, it's not for you. Just let it pass you by. You're not going to be judged or anything by us. We're glad you're here. Now, if you want to receive Jesus, you don't need to, like, go through catechism, 15 weeks of Northridge classes, 84 hoops that we're going to make you jump through. You know what you need to receive Jesus? You need to say, God, I, I've sinned against you. I'm so guilty, but I believe you died and 
buried and rose again, and I'm putting my faith in you to forgive me. You want to do that? You can do that any second of your life. But I believe there are also some believers here who you've been redeemed, but you're not living the life of someone redeemed. And unless you're willing to get that right and confess your sin, to, to celebrate what he's done for you when you're not walking in the power of that redemption is really spitting in his face. And so unless you're willing to confess your sins and be forgiven and get right with him now, I, just let the baskets pass you by. Don't take the bread or the juice. It's not for you. You don't have to be a part of Northridge to celebrate communion. Did you? <laughs> Look at There are a lot of people who aren't a part of Northridge who still celebrate communion. You know, you don't have to be a part of Northridge. You just have to be part of the family God, living for Jesus. And so I'm going to invite those who are serving the elements forward. I'm going to give thanks for the bread and the juice, and I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I'm going to ask if you would take, and this is true at our regionals as well, if you'd take the juice and take the bread, sit back down when you have them, and then contemplate what you're grateful to and express appreciation to God and then I'll come up in a minute and we'll celebrate communion together here at Plymouth, Grosseal, Brighton, all together as one church, one family. All right? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for what Jesus did in dying and being buried and being raised again. And as we take this bread and take this juice, I pray, we do it with hearts sincerely filled with gratitude and with voices committed to expressing that gratitude to you in the worship that's to come. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
if you've ever thought about it. It should be easier for us to be loyal to one another than for God to be loyal to us. Come on. It's easy to be loyal to a bunch of flawed like look-alikes, right? But the most loyal, faithful person in the universe is God himself. And he proved it by giving his son to die and provide eternal life. And so, with hearts filled with gratitude and voices about to express it fully in worship, we eat this bread in remembrance of him. And we drink this juice in remembrance of him. And God, with the symbols of this bread and this juice, we've just remembered that those least deserving were gifted by you who are most deserving with a love so extraordinary that you'd take our debt in all of its fullness and pay for it and in return give us the prosperity of your kingdom and your presence and your promises. May we walk into every tomorrow grateful in Jesus' name.